We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. It is time for an episode of Building the Broncos on this Tuesday night. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Carl Dummler. Carl, how you doing? Um, I have been uh, escaping these uh, Broncos games live in the moment, uh, enjoying the the outdoors a bit, but uh, saw that it was a rough game and went back and watched it. And you know what? It's it still stings uh, watching, it, even though you already know the result. It may almost fills you with a sense of dread. But uh, how are you doing? What's what's new? Well, I mean, I, I've been watching these games with my daughter. She's really gotten into football, and I hate that the Broncos suck. The moment that she finally starts liking watching football with me, and so all the time. Dad, why did they stink? And in the moment, I'm just like, there's a lot of reasons. Like, I'm trying not to be too mad because my daughter is wanting to watch with me. And I'm trying to make it a good experience for her. But, oh, man, they are making it tough. Making it real tough. She is so young that I bet you you can get, like, DVDs of the 2013 and, like, 2014 and 15 season. Like, Peyton Manning, you know, Prime, the Broncos, great. And, like, just play that and just ride the roller coaster with her on that, you know, it's Sunday to boot, boot up the DVD and like, Oh, let's, let's see what happens in this uh, Ravens opener. Peyton Manning, you know, seven touchdowns. That might be a better route um, to uh, getting her to understand or appreciate what the Broncos were uh, because what we're seeing right now is not great. That's true. I, I should go back and get her to some of the good games, the, the good memories. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of that, that Dallas game in 2013, where Peyton oh, yeah. Manning ran for his, his one rushing touchdown with the Denver Broncos. And yeah. might, might have to do a little bit of that just so we have some joyous moments of being with the Broncos for sure. Yeah, it's uh, better than the Raiders, you know, blowing off the uh, the dust off the VHS uh, tape for them. At least ours are in DVD. But uh, congrats, I guess, to the Raiders uh, winning the second game last night and probably taking themselves out of the uh, Caleb Williams uh, sweepstakes with that win, probably. So uh, feeling okay about that honest to god but uh, let's say hello to some people coming in here on this fine tuesday evening on building the broncos we got mike s in the house with his alabama stuff alabama not looking so good uh this year but you know a lot of season to go he says what's up carl nick scott dylan and broncos country good to see you speaking of dylan says sup broncos country from our guy dylan von arks says make sure you hit that like button on the way in share on all your platforms and subscribe if you haven't already uh, we also got some super chats starting to roll in here as well. Appreciate that. 
David Cromello coming in saying, was Sean Payton kind of lying today when he said they're not looking to trade anybody? I think that's coach speak and it is a category of lying, but uh, you know, they, we're not looking to trade anybody, but you know, if the right offer comes then we'll make a move, you know, that kind of thing. I'm sure there's dancing around it. I mean, you put those guys in front of a podium, 80% of what they say is kind of BS. So, I mean, but you have to get those quotes, right? Right. I mean, you can't go up there and say, yeah, we're wanting to shop everybody. Come and call us. Whatever offer you make, we're going to sell them. You know, obviously they're not going to say something like that. Um, so he's just trying to drive up the price as much as he possibly can. Mm-hmm. Hope maybe a couple of these guys can have a good game on Thursday and teams call and offer maybe an extra round pick compared to what they would have last mm-hmm. Sunday. Um, you know, it's just like I said, it's coach speak they can't go out there and actively talk about trying to shop players. Yeah. I mean, pretty hard to shop a lot of those guys when they're looking as bad as they did. I mean, you're playing three backup cornerbacks at some point in that game against the jets. Right. And you still have Sutton and Judy struggling there. And those are two guys that you've been shopping and uh, Russell Wilson with God, what was the stat here? Uh, four. That can't be true. God. Yeah. 4.8 yards per pass attempt. I mean, God <laughs> bless it. What are you even, what are we even doing here? Uh, but David Cromello, yeah, I don't think, I mean, I guess you can say he's lying to an extent, but I mean, when coaches talk a lot of times they lie, so I'm not too worked up about it. Also, we got Eddie L. Rodriguez coming in here with the super chat. Thank you so much. If you got any comments for us over on the Facebook side of things, hit us up. We also got the old man, uh, Darren Kendall, my, my dad. Hi, good to see you, dad. Uh, he says, uh, 499 also says looking forward to the Packers Broncos game. Yeah. I'm on the hunt for tickets for that. And I'm guessing the ticket prices just keep going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that the Packers and the Broncos, uh, ride in a little losing streak. So hoping to not pay, you know, over $200 a ticket, but we'll see uh, when the time comes we're getting there. So I'll keep looking, uh, Phil McLaughlin. I'm going to be at the meet and greet though. Tickets TBD. Um, we're, we're going to get them, but the uh, meet and greet for sure. Carl will be there. Scott will be there. Chad, Luke, Eric, I mean the whole MHH crew. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, make sure you guys are Broncos aren't good, but Hey, we can have a lot of fun and we can talk some draft too. If you want Phil McLaughlin coming in saying good evening, Nick, Carl and Deacon Scott. So who do we keep during the rebuild? Buckham MHH for life. Go Broncos. Who do they keep during the rebuild? Well, it depends on how massive the scope is of your rebuild. Uh, but I think probably the previous two draft classes are here still for the most part, you know, your top 150 level pick kind of guys and Sertan. Everybody else is TBD on that one. Yeah, I'm with you there. I had somebody the other day ask me about the the running back group. Like, would you change anything? I'm like, no, they're on rookie contracts. I mean, not P Ryan, but he's pretty cheap at this point. I mean, it's a pretty cheap room, three decent players that all can give you starting ability if you need them to. So that's one room I'm probably not touching unless somebody comes with a ridiculous offer. You know, Javante Williams right now, his value is probably the lowest it's been since he's been a Denver Bronco. That's just the unfortunate part of injuries. And, and also a little bit of, again, McLaughlin's kind of proven the point that running backs, do you really want to take them early when you can find these undrafted guys that come in and perform at a very high level? You know, you look at the chiefs, they have a seventh round running back that's out there being their starter over. Well, last year, he's the starter over the first round pick. So, um, you know, again, those kind of things, I don't think you're going to get as much for Javante Williams as you could have in value of him being on the team for another year or so. Um, but I did want to talk about the the meet and greet, just so everybody knows. October 22nd, uh, the event's going to start at 11 a.m. in Lot E. And make sure you're looking for the big blue MHH tent 
and the four MHH flags that will be flying out there. That's where you're going to find all of us. Um, so, you know, write that down. Make sure you guys come say hi at least. We'd love to, to get a chance to talk to you guys face-to-face. -face. You know, last year getting to go, honestly, it was one of the highlights of my time of working at MHH. You know, I mean, the other highlights working with you, Nick, of course. You know, but uh, no, it, it's just Don't it is. It's to great people. to and Scott. Sorry, getting to meet Scott. Like I said, yeah, that's part of the highlight was getting to meet Scott, Eric, Lance, Chad, uh, Zach, all those guys. Um, so, like I said, just if you guys are in town, happen to be coming to the Packers game, whatever it may be, this is one of those. Come meet with us. I know it's not a great season, but we can still have fun chatting it up, eating some good food, drinking some adult, adult beverages, adult maybe. drinks. <laughs> But uh, we got David McElrath coming in with a $5 super saying, good evening, Broncos country, Nick, Carl, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Hashtag Buckham times three. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it stinks to be a Broncos fan, but I appreciate all of you guys sticking around here. Um, you know, it, it's this is where you get to, to see your true fanhood, I guess you could say, is when you're willing to stick with the team when they, they stink. And hopefully... Good times are are ahead. Maybe I know I've seen some people already talking about tank for Caleb. <laughs> it's not the worst idea, honestly. You know, sometimes getting that quarterback in place and and seeing what you can do, it, you can build pretty quickly around that. So uh, we'll just have to see. But we got Michael coming in with some stars as well, saying good evening, Nick and Carl, and building the Broncos. Go Broncos! Uh, I'm, I just want to say go Michael. And I know I think his birthday's coming up this week, so. Happy early birthday to Michael. Yeah, and awesome. also got Naj coming in with a 1999 super chat saying, Hey brothers, beginning of the season, Peyton said he did everything the opposite of the last staff. Right now he needs to do the exact opposite of everything he's done. Is his style of coaching dying like Belichick's? I don't, I don't think so. I think a few things. Have, okay. There's a lot of things that have happened. Um, he walked into a disaster. You know, Broncos were absolutely terrible last year. There's a lot of bad habits that were developed both on and off the field that he's got to break through. You know, there, there's not many players that are here in this organization right now that have actually even been on a winning team in the NFL. So you got to work to actually build up that mentality with these kind of players. I, I think he his biggest mistake, obviously, hiring Vance Joseph, not a great decision. Um, you know, and than Vance Joseph trying to play somebody else's system. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We've seen this before. Some coaches try to do that, so it makes it easier on the players. But if it's not your system and you don't feel comfortable with it, it just it doesn't ever usually work very well. And so... Again, I think there's been a few mistakes on Peyton's side, but I think the big part is he knew this is going to be a project. Yeah, I, it's pretty terrible. Uh, I don't know about doing the exact opposite of everything, but what this really is emphasizing to me is that, I mean, Sean Payton's proven head coach. He's had a lot of success in this league and not getting it done now. What does that mean in comparison to what he had in the past? You're lacking the talent. In the NFL, I mean, coaching matters, but I think it matters less in the NFL than it does at the college level where it's the recruiting stuff. It's a player's league and the Broncos right now lack the players. I mean, if you look at the roster right now, who are guys that would like undoubtedly start on most teams? I mean, it's, it's pretty far uh, in between, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I don't know right now if you have a single player in that defensive front who would start on, you know, half the league right now, maybe even the front seven with their, the way they're playing. Although I think it's the issues are more so becoming because the, the front is getting, obliterated uh, especially when DJ Jones goes down in the run game specifically. But yeah, I don't know if his uh, style of coaching is dying. Uh, but again, it's in the end of the day, it's about having good players in place. And I don't know if the Broncos have that uh, right now. David Youngkin coming in. I do agree with this though. Says no one from the head coach and the players should not open their mouths until the end of the season. This is an absolute disgrace. Disgrace. The owners should step up and fire a lot of coaches and players still away from that. And the, not their job to fire players unless it's, you know, something off the field happens there. But yeah, heads are going to roll this offseason. No doubt about that. And I agree with you. We, I don't want to really hear from the head coach, you know, the coordinators, players, other than apologies. I mean, uh, you said earlier, the Broncos, I'm sorry if the Broncos are terrible. Broncos are bad, but, you know, Broncos country is still strong. Uh, and I appreciate you guys for that. But yeah, I mean, open foot or open mouth, insert foot has been uh, a lot of the Broncos stuff this season. And I just don't, I don't think there's many excuses other than, you know, we're not very good. Uh, Colin comes in here and says, uh, somebody needs to tell these guys the NFL stands for not for long when you don't put forth the effort. Yeah. He's talking about our main clip here today. Also, we got Riptide coming in and saying, need a new hobby, drinking beers and barbecuing while watching the Broncos is no longer fun. <laughs> well, you can always put on an NFL Sunday ticket and maybe you'll have a little bit more fun with that. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, pick a college team, just not Iowa. Cause that's also not always the most fun either. Uh, Kevin Grace and evening Carl, Nick and Scott, big mile high salute Broncos country. We got Dennis Woods, and I'm just hoping it isn't another Miami-like performance against the Chiefs. I think it's prob. I think the Chiefs would take off the foot off the gas pretty early in that one and just go into ball control uh, on a weird. Just how Thursday night games can kind of be. I, I can't imagine them trying to run up the score. I think they'll probably get a big lead early and then just coast. I don't think they trust. They think the Broncos are uh, dangerous at all. And also, if the Chiefs need to, you know, shift it from second gear back to drive. They can do that against the Broncos defense easily. Uh, so I think it's probably up early and then coast. Yeah. And the chiefs, they're still good. 
don't get me wrong. I mean, they're still going to be a Super Bowl contender. I don't think they're as good this year. You know, I look at this offense, the weaponry-wise, beyond Travis Kelsey, a lot of question marks. I think they lead the league in drops right now. Mm-hmm. And so, I, like I said, I think there's there's some some issues on that roster that haven't been there in the past. Like, if, if the Broncos are playing the Chiefs from last year, the couple years before that, I would be going, yeah, this really could get really ugly real quick. Yeah. But I think there's going to be enough there that the Broncos can keep it halfway close for a little bit. I'm not saying the Broncos are going to actually win this by any means or, uh, or have this be within one score by the end of it, but I think they'll be okay. Miami just, everything went right for them in that game and everything went wrong for the Broncos. Yeah. I, I think it'll be close early just because the Broncos have been so good on the script offensively and they've been putting up points in that regard. But I don't know. I just feel like this is a team. I mean, you could see it in the Jets game. They look defeated. Uh, the body language is poor. Uh, guys are probably going to start making business decisions with, you know, the injuries, you know, sitting there at 80 percent. Like, ah, I don't know if I want to go, especially on a short week. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we are getting Dulcich back. Uh, the Broncos this week, I guess that's the big the big news today is that uh, Greg Dulcich uh, being activated. So that should help the offense some. Uh Although Adam Troutman had an okay game against the Jets, but yeah, well, we'll see how it plays out. Broncos, I mean, it is a Thursday night game and it is a division game and those can sometimes be really funky and wonky, uh, but Broncos should be a big uh, underdog or yeah, giant underdog against the Chiefs. Diamond Rattler coming in saying, boom, let's go. Good to see you. We got Ernie May saying, hello, Nick and Carl go Broncos country only. Absolutely, Ernie. Uh, We got Greg Smith also saying, good evening, Broncos country. Denver Broncos for life. Hope you're doing well, Greg. Always appreciate you. Aloha. Uh, we got Roy Osborne saying good evening. Nick and Carl Schefter said the Broncos listen to any deals on the defensive side. Doesn't mean we will bite, but if we do, VJ's got to go too. I think that, you know, writing's on the wall for a lot of the guys, uh, a lot of the coaches on the defensive side as well. It's just an absolute mess. They are historically terrible against the run right now. Uh, they're the worst defense in the NFL by a good margin. The talent is severely lacking, but I don't think to the extent that they are the far and away worse defense in the NFL talent wise. So that means coaching is not getting it done too. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this. You said the first and second year players are a lot of them are probably off the board just because they're cheap contracts. Yeah. 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 Is there any veteran out there that you would say, I'd rather not to see this guy traded. Like, unless there's like a ridiculous offer, I'm not getting rid of this guy. Hmm. Or that you think the offer won't be good enough compared to the talent they bring. I really can't think of many players that fit that boat right now with how terrible this team is. Uh, honestly, I mean, it's Simmons and Bulls probably are two where it's like they're still good players, mm-hmm. good quality. They're expensive, uh, and you have ability with flexibility uh, to move on from them. But are you going to be able to recoup the actual value and replace them in that extent? I'm not sure with how they've played so far this season, uh, but you're probably not going to get the value you want anyways. I mean, you're probably talking about like a round four pick for Jerry Judy. Oh, we should get a one for Judy. I, you you better be happy with a three, honestly, yeah. from where they're at. So I don't know if anybody fits in that category. I guess the only ones that fit are the guys who just signed contracts just because they are so prohibitive to trade from a cap perspective. Right. All right. We got Phil coming in saying, well, Nick, I will not blame you for the loss. Just start up the barbecue, get a TV running, watch the 49ers and reminisce when we were that good. Oh, get rid of VJ. 
Yeah, if you guys want to Broncos to get uh, Caleb Williams or Drake May or you know Marvin Harrison Jr. or whatever, just you know pay for me to go to all the games. I'm like what 0 and 8, 0 and 9 in games I've attended live. So uh, yeah, we we can make it happen, guys. <laughs> as a uh, we got Dave coming in too, saying as a Falcon fan, I wanted to come here to support my dude Nick. Well, Dave, appreciate that. Uh, you're my dude too. I <laughs> really really do appreciate that. You appreciate uh, the support for Carl and Scott as well. Uh, he, Dave also says, would the Walton family be willing to eat the Russell Wilson contract? A lot of the contracts already paid uh, because of how the signing bonus works, right? A lot of that dead cap is stuff that's the signing bonus that has already been given to Wilson. But I do think that they would be okay moving on from him. It's just the the ramifications for the cap. You know, no matter, you can kind of buy your way around the cap a little bit, but it's still the cap. I mean, it still comes home to roost uh, somewhat. So that could be an issue. That said, I mean, everything and anything is on the table right now with the level of disarray, dysfunction, ineptitude that we are seeing in Denver right now. Yeah, I, I would say the way his contract is set up, it's either you get rid of him this offseason or he's here for another couple of years. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's there's some kind of secondary part of this contract that kicks in this offseason if you decide to keep him around. Yeah, And so, you know, again, if the Broncos go with a rookie quarterback – you can get rid of them. I mean, the, the contract's still going to hurt you. You're still going to have, what is it, like $40, $50 million in dead cap hit, something like that. I mean, it's it's a large number. Don't get me wrong. But with a rookie quarterback, it kind of cancels a lot of that out for you. And so then here in a couple years, when all that cap money, all that dead money has gone, you can really begin to build around that quarterback. And so, I mean, it's going to stink for the rookie quarterback. They're probably going to be lacking a lot of talent around them it's probably going to be a struggle year one and year two for them. And I hope Broncos country can have a little bit of patience with that of not sitting there saying, Oh, this guy didn't win rookie of the year. He's a bust. You know, if it's Drake may Caleb Williams or one of those two guys, you're going to have to have some patience while they build up the talent. Hey gang, make little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. You know how it is watching the Broncos. To say the least, you work up a bit of an appetite. But you can get ahead of that by ordering online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs. Plus, all day Sunday. And get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. Personally, I'm a big fan of Little Caesars plain cheese pizza, but my favorite for what it's worth is the pepperoni with stuffed crust. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think in that scenario, and we're getting way into the hypotheticals, there's been yeah. already so much talk about Drake May and Caleb Williams that just got to let it play out. If Broncos are picking one or two, we will have the conversation a lot. Uh, but I think what I would do in that scenario is defense already sucks. I'll probably continue to let them suck for a bit and just invest in what limited resources I have on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. And if that means you're losing games, you know, 35 to 40, 
<laughs> quarterback's hitting some confidence at least. <laughs> so that's probably what I would do if you're if you have a one hand tied behind your back with the uh, roster building with a dead cap hit for moving on from Wilson. Did want to circle back to Eddie uh, because Eddie gave us a super chat with the, or a superstars without the comments. We got the comment here now says, uh, thank you so much, Eddie. Do you think our receivers aren't getting separation? I don't know how these people are saying that they aren't when I'm watching the games and they don't show the receivers. I hate our camera angles. Uh, so there is all 22 uh, that you can show here. And yeah, Scott's showing a clip here of some all 22. Um, this is a much better uh, camera angle. Sometimes we even get the, uh, I prefer the one down the sideline, but that's because from the back of the end zone. Cause I'm a trench oriented person, uh, but the all 22 helps. I think at some point the NFL, especially with the streaming on YouTube, you might even be able to pick your camera angles in the future. Uh, but I think I, it, from what I saw, guys are not really getting open uh, that well. I also saw Wilson not throwing guys open and it's a big issue of the deep balls. I mean, it's something we talked about at nauseam with Wilson, uh, is he has struggled with the deep safety looks, the conservative stuff, and getting the ball on time underneath, uh, delivering a catchable ball that is yakable, so to speak. Uh, so that's been an issue. Also, I mean, do the Broncos have weapons right now? Outside of Jaleel McLaughlin, who are they getting the ball to in space that can make something happen underneath? I haven't seen that from Sutton. Haven't seen that from Judy. I mean, saw it in college from them, but not in the NFL level. Dulcich, haven't seen it from, I mean, who are the Debo Samuels, Brandon Ayuk types that, you know, they are a weapon once the ball's in their hands. Right. And that's a way that you have to, that's one way to defeat those conservative cover two, cover four, cover six shells. Right. And I think, you know, we were, the topic of today is Mark Schlereth going off on the wide receivers and not giving the effort. I think one of the biggest areas that they're not giving effort is in those times when Russell Wilson's scrambling. Like they just, a lot of times just quit. Once their route is done, they just kind of stop. And I mean, that makes it really easy for the defender. Just, okay, we're just going to stand here. And Russell Wilson's kind of dancing around, hoping somebody's going to make some kind of move, get open. Cause he is kind of a, I need to see the guy open, then make the throw kind of quarterback. Like yeah. I said, he's not really a throw a guy open, try to hit a spot. He, he did some of that in Seattle. He's just not doing that here in Denver. It's, he just doesn't trust the receivers to actually go to a spot. And that's been an issue these last two years. And it's just really hurting this offense because there have been some plays to be had. I mean, it's not like they have a ton of separation, but you can still, they have a step and Wilson's just not pulling the trigger. So I think it's a little bit of combination of Wilson. Sometimes offensive lines, not given the protection that you need again, wide receivers, sometimes not given the effort that you need. It's just, it's all, all around problem on offense right now. I almost wonder, I mean, Sean Payton kind of talked about it too, but getting a little too cute and impatient because one way, if you're not really good at the quick game and you're struggling in those yak kind of stuff, one way to get out of that, those two high safety shells is running the football and the Broncos ran the ball super efficiently in the first half of this game. And I just, I don't know why they went away from it to the extent that they did. I mean, with how bad the defense is, you need to compress these games. Some protect Wilson too. I mean, a lot of these, the offensive line was not good against the jets. This might be the best defense they play all year. Uh, but a lot of it, Russell Wilson sitting in his, the back of his drop and just like, stop like he stuck there you know sandpaper or something or excuse me quicksand there and it's got to get rid of it so we got troy coming on here 999 saying hey guys only direction is up so the future is brighter let's shock the chiefs who are understandably looking past the broncos have a great show i gotta say troy i do not think the chiefs are overlooking the broncos uh this is a team that is very functional right now uh it's a thursday night game against a divisional opponent and i just I don't know. Maybe maybe they are overlooking them, but with how well Andy Reid has uh, worked out there, 
you know, Patrick Mahomes, I think they're probably dialed in week by week. Yeah. And I would say with how bad this season is going, the one good thing that could happen is if the Broncos beat the chiefs, I guess you could maybe say that this, this season is worth it. Like, let's mm-hmm. say you beat the chiefs and you get a top two pick. I could sit there and say, I, I could be okay with this 2023 season. You know, I mean, it's not going to be the greatest outcome, but at least it's something. But we got Chris coming in with a $5 super saying, good evening, fellas. Do you think it's realistic for the Broncos to draft Caleb Williams? What do you think about Drake May? Yeah, I mean, Broncos are there right now. They have, I think, what was it? The, the hardest schedule remaining of any team when we're looking at strength of the schedule. So th- there's not going to be a whole lot of games that they're favored. You could maybe look at, they have the Houston game coming up. They have Patriots, Patriots have scored like three points in two weeks. Okay. Patriots. You got the, the, the Raiders. They're probably not going to be favored in that one, but it's at home. And then this, this Packers game after the Packers lose to the Raiders, you know, the, those are some of the games that'll be at least close. Mm-hmm. A lot of these others, it's going to probably be this chiefs game. is probably going to be a touchdown different spread would oh, be my guess. Points. Yeah. Yeah. 10 points. And so, yeah, it, it's not hard to see the Broncos only getting to two or three wins this season. And at that point, you're easily in the top five for sure. I don't know if you're top two. And that's going to be a real problem of, are you willing to trade extra assets to get to top two? What assets? (laughs) Well, that's why you're trying to make some of these trades with these players that you have right now. That you're hoping you can get some of those mid-round picks back. And maybe if you trade your first this year and your first next year, and you have to go from four to two. And then you add in a couple extra picks. Maybe that's enough to, to get there. I don't know. Probably not with franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, it's always risky to do that kind of move when you are as bad as the Broncos are because we're seeing it with Carolina right now, right? They trade eight to one overall. They give up the pick that becomes Jalen Carter. They give up uh, DJ Moore, who's been awesome in Chicago in the short stint despite the struggles there offensively. And now potentially the number one overall pick, which is Caleb Williams. So given how bad the Broncos are, you're talking about moving on from Russell Wilson as well, a rookie quarterback. You could be giving up, you know, number one overall in 2025 as well. So always tough, always risky. Uh, if you get that quarterback right, then it doesn't really matter long-term, but you know, it's a lot of wrong right now in Denver Broncos. And uh, speaking a lot wrong, we got Mark Schlereth going in on the Broncos wide receivers here uh, recently doing an interview and uh, just totally uh, went in on Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton questioning their work ethic, questioning their desire and pretty much saying, outright those guys would not be dressed up you know if it was my team or if it was the shanahan days uh <laughs> etc cetera, etc cetera. so mark schlereth weighing in again you know he's a little bit of a fire and brimstone kind of guy when it comes to the broncos and i get it i mean he's voicing a lot of the frustration that broncos country has right now in these guys in these two players and the offense and the team uh and specifically now you know the the eyes fall on the broncos receivers in Sutton and Judy. So let's hear exactly what uh, Mark Schlereth had to say here as Scott pulls it up. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
the effort from our starting wide receivers. Yeah. Shame on Jerry Judy for even thinking he can utter the name of Rod Smith in his tweets. Yep. Shame on you. Yep. Because you don't, you're not a professional. You are not a professional, and you don't know what effort is. Your quarterback's under duress. You're locked up. Somebody locks you up in man coverage on an underneath route, and you are to to call it trotting would be an insult to trotting. You just quit. You gave up. Said, "Well, the ball's not coming to me." Hey, you know you're a lantern holder, shining a light on Russ. Hey, Russ, you're under duress. I hope it works out for you, because I'm not going to do anything to bail your ass out. Good luck with that. Oh, a sack. <laughs> Weird. Cortland Sutton not coming back to the ball. Neither of those two guys would play for me. I would cut both of those guys. They would not play. Jerry Judy would not be on my team. Jerry Judy couldn't play on the teams I played on if his life depended on it. He's not tough enough. He's not focused enough. He's not good enough. He's not anything enough. He could not play on our teams. Mike Shanahan would cut him tomorrow. Damn. I mean... Slurth always voices the, you know, like I said, the fire and brimstone stuff. So I appreciate uh, Scott pulling that up and appreciate Mark for the, you know, voicing a little bit of frustration there for Broncos country. Uh, what do you make of what he had to say about, you know, just especially specifically targeting Judy more so than Sutton, but, you know, putting both guys, uh, you know, under the microscope and blasting them a bit. No, real quick. Also do want to add, we've been wanting more Marvin Mims touches. God bless America, man. You cannot fumble the ball twice. So it's everybody. Everybody yeah. uh, has some blame on that one. But uh, back right. to Mark Schlereth, uh, really targeting Sutton and Judy, the two vets in that room. Yeah, I, I mean, they're supposed to be the big voices towards all these young players, like a Marvin Mims. You know, any young player is going to feed off of that. And you always kind of thought Cortland Sutton's going to be that next great leader. I remember being at training camp when he got into a fist fight with Emmanuel Sanders because Emmanuel Sanders was walking around instead of at least jogging back to the huddle. And told him, we need something more. If you're our veteran, if you're our leader, we need this. And Sanders threw a punch and then Sutton threw one back at him. And now I'm kind of like, okay, now you are in that role of Emmanuel Sanders. And you're that guy that's walking around. And he talked about that comeback route um, where he just kind of just stopped. You know, the, the number one rule when you're doing those kind of routes is you come back to the ball so the defender can't get in between you. If you're just waiting for the football there, that's that's setting up for a really big time play for the defense. Those are usually those pick six kind of plays. And they were lucky the defender dropped it. So yeah, that kind of effort that just begins to trickle through the entire organization when your veterans are out there doing that. And that's why, you know, when I asked that question earlier about, are there any veterans? There's very few that I'm sitting here saying are given great effort amongst this losing season, you know, Garrett Bowles. And I hate it in the sense of, if we're looking at one of the strengths of the top 10 picks in the draft, left tackle, there's a lot of good left tackles in this upcoming draft. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like you're replacing good with good. So it's not actually making your team that much better, in my opinion, with what Bowles is showing so far this year. He hasn't been perfect by any means. I'm not saying he's not replaceable, but I'm just saying he's one of the players still giving maximum effort week in, week out. Mm -hmm. And so, you know... Yeah, again, those veterans, they got to step up. Jerry Judy, you're a first-round pick. You're supposed to be a star on this team. And right now, you are anything but that. You know, the Broncos, like I said, would be lucky if they got a fourth-round pick for him. And, you know, this offseason, we were talking about 
how the Broncos weren't, weren't willing to sell him unless they got a first round pick in return for him, or at least a first round pick value. And now everybody's going, please send a fourth round pick to us. We'll take it, please. <laughs> just so this guy can get out of the building. And, you know, it just, like I said, it is, it's very frustrating to see those kind of guys giving that kind of effort in a game that's, it was a must win game against a bad team at home and in front of your home crowd. It just, I, like I said, there are no words to describe on that. Now, maybe they can learn from that and maybe it is the fire that lights something underneath them, but just have to see how they respond. There's only so many times we can say that though, right? Yeah. You are what you, you showed on the field, just like what you showed last year. You're not good. Uh, they're bunch, they're losers right now. This is a losing team, uh, but hopefully they can start to turn it around here. We got emergency top five coming in and say, we need to win the line of scrimmage. That is where it begins and ends build through the draft. Yeah. Building the offensive line. I mean, Scott, you and I, I mean, Scott and I, Carl and I both um, all off season harping about the concerns about the defensive front uh, and the depth of the defensive front. And once DJ Jones went down, Oh man, it got ugly quick. I mean, like Mike Purcell, the dude, uh, but I mean, seeing, you know, can't even think of what his number is right now, but like just getting obliterated Connor McGovern, former Bronco Connor McGovern on top of them as your 330 plus, you know, nose tackle just gets destroyed and pinned down on the ground, pile drive on the ground as then Brees Hall runs past everybody. Uh, Zach Allen, he's been better in the pass rush the past few weeks. Run defense. Oh my, they just don't, they don't have the depth, the bodies. I mean, good to see Elijah Garcia out there, make a few plays. Good to see, you know, Jonathan Harris, put 50 snaps. They're just not good enough in the defensive yep. front. That is not even getting to the edges and run defense as well. So it's, uh, it's, they got a long way to go. And it's, I think it's going to be a long process to get the talent up front and building the trenches is definitely one direction to go. But I mean, even more than that, they need to get good players. They just don't have good players. I mean, find good players. <laughs> it's easier said than done, but I don't, I wouldn't be too pigeonholed uh, into trenches specific. You, cause you need help so many ways that just take what you can. Yep. Uh, Phil McLaughlin saying, so with the way our luck is going, we will win enough games to take us out of the top 10. So what position would you guys see us go after? I'd be pretty shocked if the Broncos end up out of the top 10 in this draft with how they are right now, as Carl, Carl mentioned the uh, really tough schedule. I'm guessing that you're going to start to see trades happening here pretty soon. Guys that are dinged up missing more games because why go if you're not hundred percent for a season like this? So I'd be pretty shocked out of the top 10, but like I just said, um, get good players. Who's the best guy on the board. That should be an option because you need difference makers right now. And you don't have a lot of difference makers or, or depth. So just get talent, try to make value trades if they're there to be had. Uh, but don't overthink it too. I mean, I see everybody talking about like the Broncos had the first pick trade down for a haul and then maximize Russell Wilson who's playing good right now. I wouldn't say great, but good. Well, by the time those draft picks are really starting to build your roster foundation, it's going to be 2027, 2028. And what's what Russell Wilson at that point, 39 years old, 40 years old, you've already missed your window. So like, right. I don't even think the trade down accumulate draft assets lines up with where this roster is and Russell Wilson's age. So it's a real tough situation. I, I mean, I, they got to start really hitting above average on the picks and the signings, which they have not been doing. Uh, Rip tie coming in $5 says resign bowls. Oh, you want him to quit? No, resign bowls. Uh, draft a middle linebacker in the first round, a center in the second round, trade Judy Sutton and Simmons. Yeah. Bowles is already under contract. I could see them. Uh, they'll probably mess with the contract one way or another, uh, but it'd be a restructure in that sense. 
I'm not sure there is a linebacker right now in this draft that I think is worth a first round pick, let alone a top 10 pick. I mean, maybe there's, I can't even think of one right now who is stands out to me. No. And I, I mean, they've shown middle linebacker or yeah, it's one of those positions that first round, second round, third round that like, there's not a huge drop off in hits and misses. I mean, there's still hits in the first round. Don't get me wrong, but I think that's one of those positions just like running back. I'm probably staying away from. And, you know, the Broncos did just use a decent pick on a linebacker in this last draft. And I'd kind of like to see what he can bring. I mean, we've seen, we've seen flashes in the couple of times he's gotten onto the field here when Josie Jewell is injured. And so I'd rather see what he can bring to the table rather than try to use a pick in that way. Uh, we don't have a second round pick right now. Not saying we can't get one somehow, some way, but uh, yeah, center. That's another position. Probably going to have to start adding some depth, adding some competition at least. Maybe you're hoping Forsyth can develop. And that's a little bit of what you're going to have to hope for. If the Broncos are going to have a quick turnaround, these last two draft classes have to really be hits. These players have to really get on the field and become something. You know, I, I will say Bonito's been a pleasant surprise. I'm not saying he's been great, but he's been more than I thought he would be. You know, now that he's actually out there starting. Obviously, his run defense has not been pretty, but none of the edge players has their run defense been pretty. But he has had some really nice sacks, some really nice plays. Obviously, his sack in the the Bears game was one of the big turning points for for that game for him. So, um, you know, maybe he can continue to develop into a, an okay pass rusher. You still need a, a number one pass rusher. He can't be your number one by any means. And then you're going to have to hope, like I said, just a couple of these other players really become something, at least become good to, to, to great players for you. And unfortunately, because the Broncos haven't had a first round pick, the odds of that go worse and worse from these last two draft classes. But we'll, we'll just have to see. We got Mike coming in with a $10 super saying, I'm with Stink. JJ is so overrated. Great show, guys. Mike would have cut a lot of these players. Yeah, I, it was a different time in football. I will say that you were talking about how it's a player's league. You know, I think we've just seen with social media and everything else, it's no longer so much where teams can sit there and emphasize it's a team game. Like you have to be a part of this team and sacrifice for this team. There's a lot more of the players going, well, look at the, what they do to me. If I get hurt, they cut me. If I don't play great, they cut me. <laughs> And so they're kind of going, I got to look out for me and myself and my family. And, and I don't blame them for that. I'm not trying to say that players are selfish for doing that because teams are selfish. The front offices are selfish. Coaches are selfish. So I think players have every right to go out there and be selfish. Um, but if you're doing it to the detriment of the team, understand you're not getting that second contract because everybody else in the league is looking at that too and going, why am I going to commit big money to you when this is the kind of effort that you're given? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely tough for the Broncos to do that. I mean, they're just a team that's not dialed in, and I think you're probably going to see some more issues with run defense and tackling, and you know, just the discipline side of things. Because probably pretty hard to stay dialed in when the the season has gone off as off the rails as it is, and now you're going to start seeing guys probably detracted from this. I mean, guys, their tape is their ticket, right, to better paydays and whatnot. So they're they're not going to go out there and you know just mail it in. Like tanking from the player's perspective does not happen. Uh, but also 
it would not be shocking if guys, you know, instead of spending that extra time in the film room, uh, getting ready or, you know, that last rep in the, the weight room are, you know, thinking about their Cabo uh, trip in February <laughs> instead. I mean, it's just, it's kind of human nature and with how bad this team is and where they're at. And it's, I mean, Broncos country doesn't deserve that by any means, especially with what they've gone through the last 10 years. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, it's a rough time. Uh, Troy Bauer coming in and says, thanks Mark for undermining any trade value we had in those receivers. Very unhelpful and unnecessary. I mean, again, fire and brimstone. I don't know if you guys remember, we had our daily segment of Mark Schlereth going off on Garrett Bulls saying he's the worst tackle to ever play. And Mike Shannon would have, I mean, it's kind of the, some of the same tropes over and over again with that. Uh, but I guess I have mine too, right? You know, draft value positions, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I don't think he undermines anything with the value that again, the tape is the ticket there and they're undermining their own value because they're not out there making plays and getting it done and looking a little bit soft on some of those plays. I will give credit um, specifically. I think it was a screen. It was a big play. I think there's some AJP Ryan where Sutton's, you know, flying down the field and making a block that, you know, springs p ryan for another 10 15 yards after doing that so there is some you know plays here and there but the scramble drill hasn't been good and uh, i think you do have to question some of the down to down efforts and consistency there but we'll see and uh talking about you know down to down consistency we got tj saying they need to the broncos need to fix the offensive line russ was under duress the whole game i was there this past weekend yeah mike mcglinchy and garrett bowles do need to play better but I mean, the data is just so weird with this, Carl. Maybe you can answer this to me because sometimes what's perceived does not match at all what the data says. Uh, so Russell Wilson in his dropbacks this week, we have the time from Pro Football Focus of his average time to throw was 3.45 seconds. That is longer than any single quarterback has averaged um, with at least 100 dropbacks this year at all this season. So the the next longest for like a season uh, so far this year, Justin Fields at 3.22 seconds and Wilson at 3.45 seconds per dropback for time to throw. So that either to me means you have really poor route design in this specific game where guys are not getting open receivers coming back to them, not making the effort to get open or uh, Wilson's just not making the reads in time when he hits that drop back and he needs to get rid of the football because 3.45 is an eternity uh, for an average time to throw. It really is in the NFL. So I, like I said, I was watching the game with my daughter and the the play that really sticks out with Russell Wilson holding onto the ball is that safety. You know, I mean, you got to, that, that is situational awareness. Yeah. You have to recognize as a quarterback, you've got maybe two seconds, get rid of that football or you're taking off running or you're throwing it away. And he just sat back there. One, two, three, four. And like, I, I can't blame the offensive line one bit. They did a great job blocking for as long as they did. Mm-hmm. but there, there is a point where you just can't keep blocking that long. Like it just, I'm sorry. Quarterbacks have about, that's why they have this cutoff. Usually you'll see the stat on TV, how a quarterback does throwing under two and a half seconds or less or two and a half seconds or more. That's your window as a quarterback. After that two and a half seconds, you got to start thinking, what, what else can I do here? Can I be throwing this away? Do I need to take off running? Do I need to get out of the pocket? You know, th- those are the kind of thoughts that have to go through your head at that point. And Russ has just not been great with this his whole no. career. He's always kind of thought I can just hang out back here and wait for somebody to get open. And I have enough escapability to, to make a play. And he's just not that guy anymore. You know, he's, he's better than he was last year at being able to escape the pocket and he can still get some nice yardage. And he had some nice ones in this jets game, but especially that second half where they started pretty much putting a spy on him. And just being like, okay, we're going to make you beat us from the pocket. We're not going to let you 
you know, see us have our backs turned to you and you take off running on third down. They, they'd stop doing that. And Russ just couldn't adjust once that happened. And so part of it is on the offensive line. Yes, there were some plays where they gave up early pressure. But so much with Russell Wilson has been him just holding on to the ball forever and ever and allowing pressure to get there. And it keeps coming back to, for me, you're seeing this happen in the games, but you're running the ball so efficiently in these close games. Why aren't you just spamming the run game? I mean, it is efficient. You can protect your quarterback in that situation. You can make those play actions, hopefully, you know, a bit more timely and that kind of stuff. And you can also lean into your most struggling offensive lineman uh, right now. And Phil brings him up here. Phil McLaughlin with the superstars. Thank you so much. Says, so is Mike McGlinchey still getting back to 100% and understanding the offense, or is he just a bus? Also, is Browning back yet? Browning's not back yet. I would uh, check back in after the Chiefs game uh, to see what happens there. There might be a need, another edge spot opening to on the roster. So we'll see. As far as McGlinchey working back, it's hard to say uh, with McGlinchey. He hasn't looked great for like two and a half years now. He had that, he put on a bunch of weight. I think he was at San Francisco, then got injured. Uh, after that and then lost weight and he just hasn't been able to anchor in pass protection since then. And he's kind of a little bit, he's a leaner. He's six, nine. He's almost like too big where guys can get under him when they come around the arc on him. I don't know if he's got the foot speed, the athleticism. So again, circles back to running the football, protecting your offense, protecting the offensive line and doing what the guy like McGlinchey does best, which is run blocking. Yeah. And, and I'd say you're right. He has been up and down this year. His really his bad plays look really bad because mm-hmm. it's usually him getting beat very early in a play. You know, if he gets the initial contact with a defender, usually he actually holds up pretty decently. It's that first contact, like I said, he gets the leaning, and if a guy can get through that, he's in trouble. And but if he actually gets himself anchored well, he does fine. Um, I I'm not too worried about it. I think he'll be okay. I don't think he'll ever live up to his contract. He never was going to. You know, this is where, again, free agency, you pay big money for usually a lot of times average to above average talent. And you just got to understand you're going to be overpaying. Like rarely does a player actually live up to their contract. It's why a lot of times those signings of like, you know, the Washington commander sign Andrew Wiley for a short term, you know, those kind of free agent deals tend to work out a little bit better uh, because there's a lot less risk. Like let's say it does burn up. Well, now the Broncos, you're stuck with McGlinchey next season. He, and he's, I think he's been better the last few weeks uh, still, but you know, you're stuck with him next year. And what does that mean for your draft position? What does it mean for your cap uh, position? So obviously there's risk uh, those guaranteed money. They'll make it hard to turn over the roster. If you sign a stinker, which uh, right now McGlinchey has been stinking a tad and uh but it's a stink episode, right? Talking about Mark Schlereth uh, again. I I want to circle back this to this as well, though. Do you think that Schlereth is correct in his assessment of these guys? I mean, would you have gone as hard as him? I mean, I was talking about outright cutting. You're you're more of the wide receiver guy than I am. I mean, what's what happened in this Jets game and what's going on in general? Yeah, I, I don't think it's a lack of talent per se. I, I don't think I don't think Jerry Judy has ever been the talent that people thought he was going to be. You know, coming in the first round, like I said, you always have the idea if it's a first round wide receiver, they have to be a true number one. That's not always been his game. You know, he's better as kind of that secondary option where he can get those one on one matchups, go out there, win, find the zone spot, sit there, pick up the extra yards. That's the kind of guy he is. And 
right now, again, he's just not quite living up to all of that. Um, he's quitting on some plays. He's one of those guys. He's just immature. We've talked about it in the past of some of his off-field issues that he's had here while he's been in Denver. And we've talked about how he needs to grow up. And I think we're still seeing it, that there's just some signs that he's not quite there maturity-wise of the kind of player you need. I think if everything's going great, I think he's probably one of those players you really like to have on your team. You know, I, I kind of think of it as Aqib Tlaib was a little bit this way. When the Broncos were great, Aqib Tlaib was an amazing teammate to have, hard worker. When things started to fall apart, man, he was one of the first to start pointing fingers. And Jerry Judy's kind of that guy where he wants to get on social media and start calling people out. Philip Lindsay, Rod Smith, Mark Schlereth, you know, these kind of guys who are cornerstones in Broncos history. Uh, maybe not Philip Lindsay, but the others for sure. And again, that's just, you can't be doing that. Like you just got to take some ownership and then go out there and show, okay, now I'm going to be that guy. Corlin Sutton, he's been pretty decent most of the year. He just had a really bad game this last week. I, I don't know what all was going on for him. I think there was some frustration within the offense. You know, maybe some receivers were getting open and Russ wasn't throwing the football because I think there were some plays where there was guys open and Russ just missed them. And they took a sack instead of a nice big completion. And I'm sure as a receiver, you run enough routes where you're wide open. Well, not wide open, but you're open. And you get tired that the quarterback doesn't see it. And so then it just it eats on you after a little bit. So um, I, I think that's probably part of it. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit on Russ. I think it's a lot on the receivers, too, for not continuing to put the effort they needed. And Riptie, you're, you're, you're speaking my language here. This was my guy. You know how much I love C.D. Lamb. Uh, C.D. Lamb. We passed on C.D. Lamb. Yes, that was the guy. I thought he could be a true number one wide receiver in the NFL, and so far he's proven that. I mean, if we're going to lament on passing guys, you passed on Justin Jefferson in that draft as well, who I had questions about because he was purely a, almost purely a slot guy at LSU, and Jamar Chase looked like the more explosive, you know, height, weight, speed kind of guy out there. But, I mean, you, you passed on uh, – Justin Jefferson. That's the one that it's like, oh, God, man, that's rough. Also, I think, did we have another comment from uh, Riptia saying, are you ready for uh, Stidham? I mean, if they keep dropping, you know, Russell Wilson back and he holds on to the ball for 3.45 seconds and his time to throw and he gets the hits that he has, I mean, you might have Stidham playing at some point, not by choice of the coaches, just by, you know, availability and health. Yeah, and it, it could be just we're going to shake it up for a game. Just see what what happens. You know, I mean, you did bring this guy in with the thought, maybe we could turn him into something. Mm -hmm. And you're going to want to explore all options once you know that you're statistically eliminated from the playoffs. You know, you're going to start seeing some veterans sit on the sideline just because they want to get young players in there. You know, I, th there's plenty of young players that they probably want to get an eye on. Forsyth playing center. Wouldn't surprise me if he got a couple starts this year. If you know that that Cushenberry is not going to be a part of your future. Um, you know, maybe on the offensive line, maybe you get in some of these other young players for, I hate to say it, Garrett Bowles, if you decide he's not a part of your future, just to see if you have anybody that can show anything that maybe fills a hole for your future that you don't have to worry about next season. Yeah. And that's part of the potential fire sale. Also, it's that, you know, it's not Broncos aren't going to be getting huge assets for these guys unless they trade uh, 
Pat Sertan or if they're trading, you know, rookies that they just drafted here recently. I mean, that wouldn't even be huge because they're like, they're like cars, right? Depreciating value as soon as they uh, come out of the draft, unless they, you know, explode immediately. Like you get some more than you paid for Jaleel McLaughlin, but shouldn't do that, obviously. But uh, you're probably talking more about creating opportunities for young guys in these trades and trying to fill out the roster with some lottery ticket gives you flexibility in the draft as well as maybe getting some cap off the books for the future as well. It's not that you're going to be getting massive draft picks. I think that, I mean, the Von Miller return, the Bradley Chubb return, that's probably not coming uh, for anybody that you are shipping this off season. So instead you're probably talking a lot of day three picks, hopefully creating a little bit of cap space here and there, maybe eat somewhere to get a pick a little bit higher as well. Uh, but just trying to round out the the back end there. And hopefully your scouting department can find some diamonds in the rough day three. Like we've kind of seen what the Rams did uh, this last year. And they, they killed it day three and have uh, really uh, supplanted their roster. Uh, and now they look feisty again. So we'll see. Well, what do you think a team would offer for Justin Simmons right now? His contract is so big. Uh, it really depends. I think he's probably worth a late round two pick overall but with how the contract works and everything you're probably talking about around three kind of pick yeah he's one of those veterans i've always kind of wondered when we're talking about these trades of keeping him around i think he's a good veteran and i think he's a good leader in the locker room even though the team's been a losing ever since he's been here um he's just always been a good voice i think for that organization and so he's one of those unless a team was willing to offer a second i'd probably keep around just because I think you can still have him on this defense and build around that. Yeah. You almost wonder at some point too, I mean, he's been here on this losing team for so long. Like, does he ask for a trade out? Uh, do you send him to a spot where he has a chance to, you know, has he even had a winning season in Denver's draft in 2016? He hasn't played a winning season in Denver. I don't mm, think, I think 2016. They were, was yeah. They were nine and seven that year, but he wasn't but, a starter. I thought he was in the 2016 draft though. So he came after that. Maybe I'm incorrect. Maybe I'm off by a year. Maybe he did play one season where they had a winning record with Simeon, but I thought it was the following year when he was drafted, uh, but uh, could be wrong. But I mean, that's it's just, again, losing culture in Denver and probably need to do a true rebuild and uh, shake it up. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm guessing that we're not going to hear any moves uh, before Thursday, before the Broncos play the Chiefs this week. But then you have a 10-day window leading into that Green Bay Packers game before the MHH meetup. Uh, meet I'm guessing there'll be at least one move made before that game, uh, given you're going to have a little bit of time to work the phones and really figure out what your options are and what it looks like moving on from one of these guys or some, or a few of these guys. Yeah. And, and he did play on one winning team that 2016 okay, so 2016 one. Yeah. Okay. So he was a 2016 draft and then they played the 2016 season. Right. Awesome. Well, God bless him. <laughs> it's a it's time for a shakeup in Broncos country. Uh, Carl, any final thoughts on the Jets game before we uh, wrap it up and uh, send Broncos country home for the night? Uh, just time to burn the tape and move on. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with some of these games. It's just, it's been unfortunately just some bad moments. There's been three games now, Broncos keeping it halfway decently close and then just having some major mental errors, whether it be lots of penalties, you know, Marvin Mims having two fumbles. Here's a guy that was a huge bright spot for this bad season. And then he goes out and has that kind of game. Now, I don't blame the second fumble as much on him. P. Ryan did not give him a nice toss. I mean, it's still catchable, but I mean, when you're expecting it here and all of a sudden it's up here, it's a little bit of a challenge when you're focused on where you're trying to go. Um, still, he fumbled it. 
that punt return, not a great play. It really just killed that momentum. I mean, man, it was got that nice stop on defense right off the bat. Boom. Okay, here we go. Maybe we can go get an early lead fumble. So uh, just some rookie mistakes. Not saying that he's a bust by any means, just because of a couple fumbles. He's still a big time playmaker. You know, I I guess that's the one nice bright spot. Like you said, McLaughlin showing that he's a playmaker. Marvin Mims showing he's a playmaker. So at least you've got a couple guys that you can maybe look towards on your offense and say, here's what we can build around. Now we got to find ourselves a true number one wide receiver and probably got to find maybe a tight end at Dulcich. If he can stay healthy, maybe he could be that guy. You don't know. But uh, I don't know if I can trust him to be that guy. And then maybe another wide receiver to to really fill it out. And at least for, like I said, for a rookie quarterback, if that's what you're bringing in, go find him some weapons, build around him, build up this offense, and, and just see what you can become. A lot of possibilities going forward, and we still have games left to play, and that will determine very much the direction of this Broncos team. Uh, so we'll see what happens Thursday night. Uh, I see some Chiefs uh, comments coming in here. Not Chiefs fans, but Broncos Chiefs games. Uh, it's pretty soon to that Thursday night game, Carl. Do you have a prediction for it before we get on out? I'll say I'd, I'd probably say Chiefs 35, Broncos 24. Okay. I'll go Chiefs 38, Broncos 24. So pretty close. Uh, we'll see. Uh, in Thursday night games, Broncos were terrible last year, and they played some really close games uh, with the Chiefs. So division games can be wonky. Uh, hopefully that Broncos team doesn't come out and sleepwalking because that's how guys get hurt and put out some embarrassing tapes. So hopefully not the case. Uh, Thursday night, though, um, maybe cover your eyes, maybe don't watch, or do watch. In Broncos country, no matter what, I mean, I'm, we're going to be watching. We're going to be hanging out. We're going to be analyzing it, and we appreciate Pearl Heater coming in saying love you both. Big thank you for the good show. Yeah, sorry it's a little bit uh, dark sometimes. It's uh, just the Broncos are in a dark place, and uh, there is ways around. I see uh, Peter Loria saying you guys acting like uh, there's no way the Broncos are going to be amazing next year. I think the amazing uh, probability is low, um, but uh, you never know. Uh, things can happen, so... Carl, final thoughts before we get on out of here today. And uh, yeah, it's as Tony says, could get ugly Thursday. I, I'm just hoping for a competent football game and no injuries. Yeah, uh, they, they need a 2017 draft that the the Saints had. You know, they just hit almost every single pick was a, a hit for them. That's what the Broncos have to do. Some free agents that have to come in, do great. And then whoever your quarterback is has to be better than what we've seen this year. You know, Russ hasn't been the problem but he's not been the solution by any means either. This last week, his worst game by far this season. And hopefully that's not a a downward trend that he's heading towards. Yeah, we'll see. And uh, game by game, the possibility of a top five draft pick becomes more possible, but a lot of football left to be played. We'll see. And we'll be, we'll continue to be here to break down the games. We appreciate everybody joining us today. So many super chats, so many great comments. Uh, Shout out to all of you. You guys are great. Uh, Make sure you're following Carl on Twitter. Carl's at Carl Dummer, MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at uh, BTB Football Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe to Mile High Huddle over on YouTube. Uh, like the show, like the channel, and share on your social media platforms. We appreciate everybody uh, hanging out with us today. Carl, it's always good to see you. Uh, the next time. We talk, we'll probably, I, mean, I guess I probably need to talk about my schedule, but the next time we talk might be face to face. Um, so, uh, yeah, God bless. It should be, uh, finally, right. That's uh, right. You're gonna, 
It'd be a so lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, God. Plus, one of these days you'll come out here and climb a mountain with me. But until then, Riptide coming in. One last one saying, being real not toxically positive like Russell. <laughs> I, uh, Hoping for the best, baby. That's all you can say. Let's ride. <laughs> Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Again, appreciate all you guys coming in. Continue to do kindness and compassion. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.